Good morning. Right, it's great to be here together again, worshipping God. How are you all at Jubilee? Uh, a couple of people are good. Um, I'm just going to adjust this. You can tell Raj must have been preaching on it before. <laughs> right, it's great to be here together. Um, I'm grateful for the words that Paul brought because God spoke to me last night um, about this and obviously not being from this nation, but this nation being uh, my home, um, you you see things differently. And I felt that God spoke to me about it. I felt that um, despite uh, this nation being a great democratic nation for many, many years, there's quite a lot of disagreement even amongst Christians. And I just felt that God reminded me Uh, Having lived in different parts of the world and um, living under different authorities, some just like this, very democratic, and some, uh, never mind, I can't find a word for it, Um, God said that he is sovereign over everything. Um, So regardless of our opinion for the referendum, whether you voted in or out, um, I want to encourage you to really look at what God has for this nation and the world know that he is sovereign over everything. Trust in him and choose to act just like the way he would want you. Choose to follow him, follow his spirit, and let him guide you in everything that uh, you do and say. Uh, And pray for those in power. Pray for unity. Because there's talks of um, disunity in this nation, but pray for unity in this nation. Because this nation has uh, played a really big role in the advance of the gospel throughout the world. Um, and we wanted to carry on doing that, and we want an even greater legacy for our children um, and for the generations to come. So pray for those in power. Pray that they would come to get to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Pray that they would shine for him um, in whatever they do. And also pray for the rest of Europe. And not just for unity, for the sake of unity, because political freedom is great, but when there's freedom for the advance of the gospel, that's even greater. Uh, We always pray for the nations to have freedom and the first reason is so that the gospel can be spread uh, through the nations. So uh, pray for that and also um, pray for the advance of the gospel. Um, But I think the greatest thing to remember is that we're still in Euro 2016. Um, Let's hope that we'll be still in by tomorrow evening. Um, So that still counts as Euro, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. So we're still in there. But remember, God is sovereign. So today, um, if you're a guest, you probably won't know this, but we've been going through what we call the pastoral letters or epistles, and today we're getting to the uh, second letter to Timothy, and um, we'll be starting that, the first chapter. But before I start, um, I just felt as I was preparing yesterday that um, towards the end we'll have some time of ministry, but I just felt that God wants to bring freedom and release to some of us here today, um, whether that's spiritual or whether physical, but I particularly felt that there is someone here, uh, I know Paul has got um, his uh, right eye, but I just felt particularly there's a lady in here who has sore eyes, um, particularly in the left eye, that you just haven't seen your doctor or optician yet, but um, you, you just don't feel very comfortable with it, and I felt that God wants to come and heal you from that. He wants to release you from that. Um, I also felt that there is, uh, this, there's usually quite a lot of uh, take-ups on this one with back pain, particularly f- uh, amongst our friends from Middle East and Africa because we're not used to properly lifting things and we hurt our back. But I just felt that there is a particular um, man here who's had even surgeries on his spine 
uh, there's even a bit of metal rod in there, and I just feel like God wants to come and take away the pain that you're experiencing. Um, and uh, today I want to encourage you to respond to it if it's you, uh, and we'll, we'll pray for you. Uh, and also, there is someone here who doesn't have toothache, but you have a great fear of toothache. And God wants to release you from that. God wants you to live uh, in freedom, knowing that God is in control. Uh, so if it's you, please do come uh, so that we can pray for you. I was in a bit of that as well um, a few years ago, and God came and released me. There's quite a lot of testimonies about healing and being released um, um, and being freed from fear uh, in here even. So if you ask people, there, there's lots of testimony about it. And we believe that God heals today. So don't miss this opportunity as we get together to pray towards the end. If uh, you'd like to respond to any of these words or if you'd like to be prayed for, for healing or to be released from fear, then please do come forward. So let's go to the Bible. Uh, second letter to Timothy, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. So that's 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. They'll be projected on the screen. Uh, if you haven't got a Bible with you, don't worry. Uh, they'll be projected there. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saves us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle and teacher which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I am convinced, convinced that he is able to guard until the day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. God, the good deposit entrusted to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your words are alive. We thank you that you've guarded your words so that it gets to us. And thank you that you will guard it until the day you come back, Lord, for the generations to hear your gospel. Lord, we thank you for this word. We pray that you speak through your word to us. We thank you that we can come before you knowing that you're all in control, knowing that you speak to us even today. So, Lord, we pray that whatever we hear and we say, Lord, would be what you have for us today. And, Lord... We pray that you send your spirit on us today. Send your Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us in whatever we do and say. Come and bring freedom. Come and breathe the breath of life. Send your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brilliant. Um, so, in this passage, uh, I've got three points just to keep up with the traditions of um, churches like us. Um, I've got faith, gift, and uh, perseverance. Faith... Let's get to the first one. 
faithfulness. We see um, Paul talking to Timothy about, uh, he, he gives lots of stories. Uh, he sounds a, a bit uh, Middle Eastern, of course he is, because he uses stories and he says, oh, you know this, and you remember that, and I remember when you cried, and I remember this, and you remember we did this. So he uses quite a lot of stories in there. And then now he's, say, he's using the same thing. He's reminding Timothy of his upbringing. So he's reminding Timothy, remember your grandmother, and then do you remember your mother? They were godly women. And what they did has really affected you because you grew up in a godly household, and then you had the opportunity to respond to the gospel yourself, and then you did it, and I'm glad you did it, and I played a part in it because I told you the gospel, and then I led you into conversion, and I led you into repenting, and I helped you, God used me, so we're good bodies, and then this is what God has done in your life. Uh, as I was reading that, um, I felt that God told me that we're in a church where we can see that on a daily basis. We're in a church where quite a lot of us here around us are either from generations that have been faithful to God or we've passed on that to our children or we're praying for our children to come to a point where they can realize that this is what God has for them. Um, Paul is reminding Timothy of his inheritance. Um, very, very, I mean, sometimes people say that we're very much the product of our environment. I quite agree with that, but I've got another point to add to it as well. So Timothy grew up in that environment, and therefore he learned quite a lot. But sometimes that's not always the case. We can see that people grow up in godly households, but they walk away from God. But what I think was very different about Timothy was what he got later on, the inheritance that he received from God himself. Because yes, it's one thing to have great teaching in the household, it's one thing to teach your children, but it's something else when God comes and breathes um, his life on our children. So it's not just the inheritance that we receive from our family, because if you know me, you know that I didn't really have much inheritance, got the inheritance from my family, because they weren't really worshipping the God of the Bible, and they're still not, unfortunately, but they don't believe in Jesus Christ the way that we know him, the way that the Bible tells us, but by the grace of God, I'm here today. And that's not because I thought, well, I grew up in that environment, and therefore I've got to keep up with it. No, God came, he revealed himself to me in a magnificent way, and I thought, well, I've got nothing that's my inheritance, it's great, some of it is great, but I'm going to lay it all there, I'm going to receive the presence of God. And I want to encourage you today, if that's you, if you feel, well, my inheritance is something different. I grew up in a family with traditions like this, which might be good, but they don't necessarily tell you who Jesus is for who he is. I want to encourage you to take up of the word of his truth, to take up that step of faith, Come before him and say, I want your legacy. I want what you have for me. I want to receive your spirit. Because that's the best thing you can receive. Timothy had godly parents. Well, we know his father was Greek. Uh, his mom was uh, a Jew. Um, and we read that in the book of Acts. There's a, a good quote from Calvin uh, about Timothy and his household. Calvin says something in the lines of that Timothy was sucking up godliness and milk at the same time as he was growing up. So you can tell that the surrounding were great. So if you're a Christian here this morning, and if you have children, 
then don't think that, yeah, they're going to grow up and make decisions. Yes, of course, they have to make up their own mind. They have to make their own decisions. However, don't give up praying for them day in, day out. And don't give up teaching them the word of God and the ways of God every single day. This is your responsibility as parents. And you will see the fruits of it in their lives. After our parents, our friends are the most influential. Well, some of you might... Uh, disagree with that and say, no, actually, our friends are more influential. Timothy was blessed, again, to have a friend like Paul, the apostle. He had a friend who had encounters with God and gave up everything for God, and he's not ashamed of that. And I've got privilege of having such friends. Some of them are amongst you, some are not here. Um, but I remember, in one instance, um, Mavash was asked by Matthew and Mim to look after Abigail on a Sunday. It was because Matthew was playing the drums in the band and uh, Mim was um, at work. Uh, Sarah wasn't born at the time and uh, there were quite a few instructions that Matthew gave Mavash, um, as you can probably guess. Uh, One of them was, this is Abigail's packed lunch, don't give it to Sarush. No, I'm joking, it wasn't. One of the main things that Matthew asked Mavash was, Will you please engage Abigail in worship? Now, I don't know how old she was, but this is what his, her parents asked Mavash to do within that few hours. You are looking after our child. We're trusting you to, to look after her. But will you please make sure that she's engaged in worship? And that's how I want to raise up my child. That's how I want to do it. I want to engage my child or children in worshiping God. And if you have children here, this is what you should do. We've got to learn from one another. It's great to see so many parents engaging their children in worship in different ages. Let's keep on doing that. Let's learn from one another. And that's what I mean, that I also have the same privilege as Timothy had. I've got godly friends around me, godly brothers and sisters that I can learn things from in application. This is the gospel at work. If you could go to the next slide, please. Um, This is Timothy and Paul. Um, I thought I'd put a chart up there with some of the responsibilities, challenges, and the answers to Timothy's challenges. So we can see on the left-hand column there, Timothy had quite a lot of responsibilities. He, He was given big tasks. He was asked by the Apostle Paul to represent him. And that's not because Paul couldn't be bothered to go there and uh, talk to people himself, because he was in prison, obviously. He couldn't move out of there. Um, So, Timothy was given the responsibility to represent Paul. Now, you can really see and feel the big weight on Timothy's shoulder. The next one was to appoint elders. We can read that clearly again, um, that Timothy was asked to appoint elders. And that's not an easy thing to do if you've been part of a church for more than a few days or weeks, you know that it's not an easy thing to do. Um, He was also asked to help the real widows. Now, what that means, um, you might think, oh, well, a widow is a widow. uh, But uh, it was a challenge at the time because quite a lot of people were taking advantage of the resources of the church where they didn't really need it. So Paul told Timothy, look, you've got to find out who the real people are in need if they really have genuine needs, and then help them. 
And then, as we heard uh, when Paul was reading that passage, Timothy was um, given the task of doing the work of an evangelist. So quite a lot for Timothy, especially if you know um, his character, so, which we'll read later on. So his character was that he was a bit shy and timid. Timothy wasn't like an outgoing person, as we can uh, read here. Uh, I think it's the, uh, in the letter to Philippians that Paul tells them, look, I'm sending Timothy, don't frighten him. I'm sending him, don't scare him. Look, he's coming, he's re- representing me, don't frighten him out. Uh, so Paul is commanding the church not to frighten him. Uh, you can tell he was a bit shy and timid. He wasn't the best of men to be sent to represent the great apostle. Um, maybe somebody else could have done a better job. Um, then Timothy had quite a lot of challenges with his health. Um, he was normally ill because Paul tells him, come on, give up drinking water all the time, have some wine. I wish somebody would tell me that, but um, he was also uh, asked to deal with false doctrine. Again, not a very easy thing to do. Um, Would you have asked him to do these things, considering his character and knowing that he's shy, he's timid, he's not the greatest figure who has authority? Um, I probably wouldn't. But Paul had just one answer for Timothy. So he told him, look, this is your tasks, this is your responsibilities, these are the challenges that you might face. And I can imagine Timothy sat there thinking, okay, now he's going to tell me how to do it. He's going to bring out a box full of tools and everything else and tell me how to deal with them. And Paul says, well, I've got one answer for you as well. I've got just one thing that will help you. Okay, you've given me all these responsibilities and you're going to give me one thing to help me. And Paul says, it's the Spirit of God that will help you. It's the Holy Spirit. So in the midst of all the challenges and responsibilities, Paul suggests just one thing for Timothy, and that's the Holy Spirit. You can imagine Timothy being intimidated, but thinking, oh, I remember, the great apostle told me something. He said, use this resource. I wonder what that was. Oh, yeah, I remember, it was the Spirit of God. Do you ever feel like Timothy in your life? Or maybe not. Maybe you're so confident and great all the time. Uh, which is not true. Uh, it might be false confidence, but do you feel shy and timid? Do you feel, oh, I'm not the best person to be doing this, really? No, God has spoken to me about this, but I'm not really the best person to do it. I'm sure there are others who do a better job than me. Uh, yes, of course there are, but God wants you to do it. Um, and I'm not saying that in a sarcastic way, but God has chosen you. God has chosen you, despite what you feel, at the time. If you don't feel impressed with yourself, then that's fine. God can still use you. But you need one thing. You need the Spirit of God. That's the first point. You need the Spirit of God. You need to receive the presence of God. But also the Spirit of God on its own will work. However, we need to have character. I can think of a few examples that we we may all know people um, who were in the media, unfortunately, uh, godly men, gifted, highly gifted men, because of the flaws in their characters, they just had to step down. They were gifted, highly gifted people, but they just didn't have the right character. 
If you feel you're not impressed with yourself, it's fine. God can still use you. But if you don't have the right character, go before God. Go and ask Him to change things for you. So that's faith. If you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can receive the gift of the Spirit. If you have faith in Him, the gift is within you. Because that's what the Bible says. And if you want the gift, then come before Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior. My second point, gift. Paul commands Timothy to fan into flame the gift that God has given him. I can imagine Paul saying to Tim, all right, Tim, I'll be son. <laughs> Timothy goes there and says, fan into flame. What? Fan into flame, the gift. And you've got, be, you've got to be careful talking about flame and fire when you've got South Africans around. Trust me. I mean, you've got to really be careful. I mean, when Julian was here, we went around to his house and he lit up a fire with just a few pieces of wood and just a match. And I mean, when we put up barbecues, I get like lots and lots of other things, even sometimes, if I could, petrol, just to light up a fire. But be careful when you talk about fires if there are South Africans around. Make sure they know that you're talking about the fire in, uh, that, of God and make sure that they, they quite know what you're talking about and just move on from your point quickly. So, um, Paul says to Timothy, this is what I want you to do. Finding to flame the gift of God that is within you. So, if you believe in Jesus, there's a gift within you. How do you find into flame a gift that God has given you? So this is what I mean, that we're just not the product of our environment. We are who God has called us to be. It's a gift, first of all. Sometimes, particularly in this culture, you think, oh, well, I've got to do something to end that. Um, I've got to, somebody must have done something for me to end the right of this. So it's either about the right to access something or about a reward to something. Now, let me tell you, the gift of God is not about, it's, it's got nothing to do with any of these. The gift of God is a gift. If you come to Jesus and believe in him, you will receive that. The gift is gift. A gift is freely given. You don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to pay anything for it. However, there is art working later on. There is um, a holy life. But receiving a gift is simply receiving a gift. That's the whole point of the name. Uh, sometimes we might think, oh, I've tried to end it, but I've not really been good this week, so I think the Spirit of God is not going to come. I'm just not going to ask Him because I, I might get embarrassed. Um, let me tell you, many people believe that the first chapter of the book of Acts, generally known as the Acts of the Apostles, the first chapter of it is the key to understanding the whole book. Why is that? It's because a bunch of people who were really scared in the first chapter, turn out to change the whole world and turn it upside down by the time you get to the final chapters. And what happened in there is the Spirit of God that came on them. And that happened on the first chapter. Now, if you feel this is you, then great, because you're in the best place you can ever be. Because then you know it's not your own abilities. This is the best place you can ever be then God can come, send his spirit on you and change the whole course of your life. So that's why many people think the book of Acts shouldn't really be called the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the spirit of God working in them. 
And Jubilee, do you believe that today God can work through you? Do you believe that he can come and change the whole course of history through you and I? I totally believe that and that's why I'm here today. I believe that God has a purpose for each and every one of us here today. And I believe that it's by his spirit leading us that we can see his will at work. Sometimes we pray great things. Oh God, come and reach this side. Oh God, come and do this. Change the nations. Come and bring revival into this nation. All right, I'm going to go and have my cup of tea now. And that's it. Yeah, of course, it's great to pray these sort of great things. It's great to be people of expectation. But also, we've got to play a part in it. If we're not ready to receive the presence of God, and if we're not ready to be... um, ashamed because of the gospel by other people, then you're not ready to take part in it. Paul clearly tells Timothy, don't be ashamed because of me. Why? Because he was in prison. Who wants to be associated with somebody who's in prison, who's in chains? But Paul says, don't be ashamed because I'm in prison because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I consider it a great honor. Now some of you might have been in that place. Some of you might have been tortured because of your faith in Jesus. Consider it a great honor. And none of us here who believe in Jesus are ashamed of what you've gone through. In fact, we we consider it as an honor that you're part of this family. Now, if people might laugh at you because of your faith in Jesus Christ, then let that be. It's nothing new. Jesus said that already. It's just these prophetic words coming through. Wait on God. Wait till you receive the Spirit and then go. This is what God has called us. The power that we receive from the Spirit of God is not a reward for what we have done in the past or for who we are. The power that we receive because of the presence of God is a gift given to us. Are we up for receiving that? And it's not just you receive it and that's it, uh, once in a lifetime. We need to keep being filled with the presence of God. It's got to be done on a daily basis. Every day is a new day where we've got to seek God and His face. And of course, God wants us to be more holy and live holy lives. And the more you spend time with him, the more you become like him. And I'm just going to quickly go to my point three, and then we can have some time for prayer. My point three was about perseverance. Why perseverance? Because when we receive the presence of God, of course, we've got an enemy who's not really happy with it. He's not happy when the church is growing. He's not happy when the people of God are on fire. Sorry, Dennis is here talking about fire again. But it's the fire of God. Let's move on. It's the Spirit of God. When you receive it, there is opposition from left, right and center. As the church moves on, there is a battle. There is the enemy coming our way. But you know what? Again, there is one answer to it. And that God is building his church. Without God, Jubilee wouldn't have been here. Without God, none of us would know each other. At least as brothers and sisters. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Wherever you go, whether you go to your college, university, at work, whatever you do, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Many people have given their lives and are still giving their lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus. Don't be ashamed. I know one thing. You will suffer for the gospel. If you haven't already, then know that you will. What you do is important. It's not whether we suffer or not. The way you react to it is important. And know that this flame can be put out. One of the things that can put out the flame is living in the past. Don't live in the past, Jubilee. Don't be nostalgic about 
things? Yeah, of course. There's great things in the past and not so great things in the past. But look at what God has for us in the days to come. The gift of God that is in you, fan it into flame. Don't neglect it. Don't consider it too small. Don't think of it as, oh, yeah, just another thing. And don't ignore the coming of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes in power. Don't let your emotions get in the way. And if you feel, I don't quite feel that I qualify, as I said, you're in the right place, but also know this. If you don't feel that you're qualified, maybe it's because of your personal journey with God. Maybe you're not in the right track. Be honest with yourself. Maybe you're not walking with him hand in hand in everything that he has for you. If you feel you're just a passenger or you're becoming a passenger, coming along, no, that's not how it should be. You've got to be right in the center, in the center of the will of God. And if you feel that you're just a passenger on the outskirts, maybe it's because of your own personal walk with God. So now is a good opportunity for us to respond. If you're a Christian and if you feel that this flame the spirit, the gift that is within you is there, but you haven't really done much with it, then let's come and pray for you. If you're not a Christian here today, and if you feel, oh, this gift is free and it sounds great, it is free, and trust me, there's no strings attached or cables or anything else. It is free. All you need to do is admit that you've been doing it wrong and against God in your lives. And there's nothing to be ashamed of about it. Because once you do that, it will lead you to great ways of freedom. Come before Jesus and ask him to reveal himself to you. Come before Jesus and accept him into your life today. And he will give, give you this gift of freedom. He will pour out his spirit on you. You will become a new person like you've never been before. Can I ask the band to come up, please? And then if you feel that you're not really qualified, if you feel, oh, I'm just not in the right place, then this is the right place for you to be at so that we can pray together. If you'd like to respond to any of the words that were brought in, particularly the words of wisdom right at the beginning, and if you have other words of wisdom, then please bring them now. If, before we go into songs and respond in worship, can I ask if you'd like to be prayed for, do come forward now. There's no embarrassment, no shame about being prayed for. <laughs> and if you'd like to be prayed for, please do come forward now. Can I ask our ministry team to be ready to pray for people? Um, community group leaders, um, please also be ready to pray for people. If you'd like to be prayed for yourself as well, do come forward. If not, then go and pray for people. We always ask that uh, men pray with men, please, and not women with women. Uh, and if you have particular prophetic words uh, for people, it's always good to ask somebody else to be there so that uh, you can all weigh the words. So if you'd like to be prayed for, please do come forward. For the rest of us, let's stand up together and let's worship this King of Kings who has given us the free gift.
ministry team, please do come and pray with people. I'm just going to pray into this and uh, let's respond uh, in worship. Let's humble our heart before God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the work that you did. We thank you for your life on this earth. We thank you that you lived a perfect life. We thank you that you were crucified in our place. We thank you that your blood was shed on the cross so that we can come before Father. We thank you that you died on the cross. And we thank you that you were buried. But Lord, thank you that you rose again. That even the death and the grave didn't have power over you. <laughs> you rose again and you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And we thank you that you will come again. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you that it's through your work that we can come before the Father. It's through your work that we can live a free life. Thank you that we can't boast about anything but your cross. We thank you for your cross, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that when you ascended, you didn't leave us on our own. You sent your spirit over us. So we pray, will you pour out your spirit again afresh on all of us here today? Will you bring freedom? Will you bring healing into this place, Lord? Will you come and touch each and every one of us here in this place? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.